Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3. Now, Singapore's impressive recovery from the pandemic is outperforming similar economies, with total output exceeding pre-crisis levels last year. We've seen decisive policy responses, for example, the job support scheme, helping minimize economic scarring as well. Meanwhile, rapid vaccination and long-standing robust economic fundamentals also helping Singapore navigate global challenges. In fact, Singapore's labor market continues to tighten with job vacancies hitting a new high in the first quarter of this year despite a slower rate of increase. So what's in store for the second half of the year? We're going to be talking with Adrian Chu, CEO and founder of Career Agility International to find out more. Hi, Adrian. Hey, Bharati. Hi, Tim. How are you? We're doing great. We still have jobs, so we're fine. (laughs) Got to be grateful for that, even in a tight labor market. The thing is, Adrian, before we get to talking about the positive things, we do have to acknowledge some of the negative news that we've been hearing. For example, tech firms in various countries are actually cutting staff at this point. And this includes tech firms that are based here in Singapore and in Southeast Asia as a whole. So what do you make of that phenomenon? I think uh, the tech firms are just evolving their strategy because uh, as they are pivoting to newer technologies and newer solutions, the older ones have to be sunset and uh, grandfathered out. So even as they are letting people go, they are still hiring, but uh, for different skill sets, more relevant and more recent skill sets that are in demand. So uh, net-net, I still think it's a good growth story to have uh, moving forward. Mm. Experts, of course, say that actually they're moving from hyper-growth to now greater resilience in their manpower strategies and their talent strategies in general. As far as you know, what types of positions are still hot in the tech sector at this point? Well, I think uh, marketing and sales definitely because these are the sales engine for every organization. Uh, but what we are seeing, especially is in the tech space, is uh, in terms of cybersecurity. Uh, we are seeing very hot demand there, especially the highly technical type of skills, pretty much in demand. But uh, the Singapore market has a very limited talent pool for that. So we're going to see very aggressive fight for talent over there. I was just about to bring that up when it comes to cybersecurity and data analytics. Where are these people and where can we find them and how much do you need to be able to attract them to work for tech companies? Yeah, you know, the challenge is for data analytics, it's still quite new to many of uh, the Singaporean uh, workers who are in it, you know, and they are still, they still haven't developed that level of sophistication which is needed by these bigger tech companies. So, uh, unfortunately, they have to either import the talents in, Mm -hmm. but barring uh, the the tighter employment passes and quotas, uh, I would believe that a lot of uh, these workers will have to end up working remotely out of Singapore for Singapore-based companies. So we're going to see companies opening up uh, more remote working opportunities for jobs that are in Singapore, but for workers who aren't. Mm, Workers sure overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure if it's over-exaggerating, but it's more like a name-your-price kind of thing when it comes to data analytics and uh, cybersecurity workers these days. It is true. And one thing interesting that's happening now is that the moment you open up the market to non-Singapore-based talents, mm-hmm. they're no longer talking about Singapore level of uh, salaries again, you see. So once again, uh, it, it actually would make sense for companies who are already bottlenecked by the lack of uh, talent in Singapore to consider, hey, why don't we just hire some uh, higher army uh, mm. who are not in Singapore somewhere else that's cheaper and it might work out cheaper and, and just as good mm. for the company so what should the Singaporean worker be doing at this point to be able to compete here 
Oh, they have to start upskilling. Uh, they have to start taking uh, things, uh, the competition more seriously. And it, it's difficult because it is a very new industry for many. So you've got to get your, fold up your sleeves and start learning uh, from ground zero and be patient uh, and try to create as much value as you can. Hmm. The other interesting thing that we are actually seeing as well, Singaporeans are reversing the trend. They are, they are looking for jobs out of Singapore, outside of Singapore, like in, in Germany, in UK. Hmm. And they're remote working for opportunities there. And they're being paid pretty good money as well. So you can play at this game, I guess. Exactly. It's a two-way street. So don't complain about Singaporean employers looking overseas. You can always look overseas as well if you have the right skill sets. The thing is, a lot of Singaporeans, I feel, have been saying that, oh, you know, because I have this rare talent in the tech space, for example, employers are willing to throw money at me and, and I've been offered such high salaries. But shouldn't they be a little more careful about accepting or demanding high salaries or overinflated salaries because once there's a recession or any sort of economic trouble you might be the first one out very true uh, and it's, even if there's no uh, black swan event uh, in terms of recession if you're being paid that much you can be rest assured they're going to squeeze uh, three times the value of you so it's, it's not going to be it's not money for nothing see mm. so you if, if you are being paid that much you, you're going to have to work a lot harder a lot smarter and deliver a lot more output so at the end of the day the equation is, uh, is it worth it? Adrian, since we're looking at a labor crunch globally, this is not just a Singapore problem. The competition is also global. So some countries out there, the UK, Dubai, uh, UAE, making it a lot easier for foreigners to come in if they have the right skills to be able to get a job there. Is Singapore perhaps should be looking at the same thing in all levels of jobs? I think on a limited level, yes, local jobs still have to be protected. Mm-hmm. I, would, I always believe that. But uh, in certain roles where the talent crunch is really acute and Singaporeans, either they don't have the level of sophistication yet or maybe they just don't want to do those jobs, then maybe the government uh, and authorities should loosen up a little bit and and uh, bring in. Because otherwise, it's going to hamper the growth of companies. I mean, like mm-hmm. right now, if you look at like what I always say, right now, the, the, the fresh uh, Computer engineering graduates are getting mm. about seven thousand a month. Wow, and that's mm. really expensive, wow. and it's going to cost. It's going to cost companies, SMEs especially, a, a pretty bundle just to keep, just to stay afloat uh, in terms of keeping uh, their payroll down. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be tough. There, there must be a solution. There are sustainability issues here, right? I mean, how far, how long can you sustain this sort of vicious cycle where there's a talent shortage and then you have to inflate salaries in order to attract people? It will get difficult at some point. It will. And what will happen is that if it's unaddressed, uh, the companies will just have to pack up their research and development from Singapore and just move to somewhere cheaper. And in Mm. the end, uh, it's it's a net loss to the country. You said if it is unaddressed, what... Uh, possible solutions to address something like that at this point? Well, I think for, uh, for very specific type roles, you might want to uh, allow uh, non-locals, uh, foreign-based uh, individuals with the very specific skill sets mm-hmm. that cannot be found in Singapore to, to come on, maybe just express express them in, express entry them in, give them passes. Uh, on a very selective level uh, for skills, as I said, they're not easily found in, uh, in Singaporeans. So on a, well, I guess, case-by-case basis, depending on what your company needs to grow, do you have perhaps a list of all these roles that should be looked at immediately? 
think I think the technical bits uh, would the technical pieces would be those those with high technical uh, IT technology skills would mm-hmm. definitely definitely be on that list. Roles that shouldn't be on that list, for instance, and I'm going to be politically incorrect here, but mm-hmm. roles that shouldn't be on that list are like HR. Or finance because these are roles that you can find in Singapore, so, so they shouldn't be allowing foreign foreign people, foreign workers, uh, uh, employees to come in because that's that's really taking local jobs. So mm. I would say uh, if the skill sets can be found in Singapore, it should not be on their list. But if we don't have it yet and we could benefit from some skills and talent transfer then why not bring them in? Mm. It's funny, Adrian. We started the show, the interview, on a very positive and optimistic note. (laughs) Uh, But here we are being politically incorrect, which is, I guess, a good thing. The truth needs to be told, right? Uh, But it is also true that the economy seems to be growing at a good pace for the first half of the year, GDP growing by 3.4% in the first quarter. And people are expecting it to be largely positive for the rest of the year. But there is still a fear of a global recession. How could all of this derail the growth and, of course, derail the jobs market as well? So far, all the signs are pointing to very strong growth in job numbers for the later half especially. It's also great that the retrenchment numbers are down. In fact, it's all-time low since 2019. So these are very good signs. But there are possible threats that could derail this growth. One of them, our clients are telling us, is inflation. Because uh, with increased product costs, you know, will the clients, as you were saying earlier on, will, will the customers take the resulting price hikes? The other issue is uh, supply chain issues. Uh, a lot of our clients are facing increased fuel costs. Freighting is going to be expensive. So they have to relook their global strategies with regards to manufacturing and supply um, chain management. And the third, as I said earlier, you know, it's a lack of talent in the market. Especially in Singapore, when the talent pool is small, a limited talent pool could actually result uh, as a bottleneck uh, for growth for companies in the region. Adrian, something else that's come into focus this week is the Forward Singapore exercise that was announced by DPM Lawrence Wong. What would you say this means for the economy moving forward? Of course, jobs and the job market, it's also part of this larger conversation. So your views on what ought to be brought up and discussed uh, definitely going to be top of everyone's list. And I think that's something that needs to be addressed quite urgently uh, in terms of the gaps in the market, you know, the skills gaps, how do we fill them up fast uh, locally or not? But you know, having the, the great Singapore conversation like this, uh, where for Singapore exercise, it's a great signal to investors that the Singapore government is engaging and working hand-in-hand with the ordinary Singaporeans uh, in forging together ahead. So I think it's it's a very good boost to of confidence to the foreign investors that, you know, uh, we are in it together. The government works very closely with the people, together with the unions and together with businesses to grow. So I think it's fantastic. And I think going to be uh, good good times uh, ahead uh, for the second half of Singapore. Mm. Adrian, considering the job market now and the fact that people are re-evaluating their priorities, and I'm speaking here from a job seeker's standpoint, mm. the issue of job hopping has come to the fore again. And in fact, uh, we did a bit of a feature of, on it as well earlier this week. The question is, are employers now viewing job hoppers differently? I mean, how do you even define a job hopper in this day and age? And perhaps is job hopping the way to go if you want to broaden your experience and expertise? Well, I think switching jobs, if you switch jobs to something that's better and makes sense to your overall career strategy, that's pretty okay. And that would be a good move. But if you're doing it way too often, and by that I mean like every year or every six months, then that's going to be a difficult uh, history to explain to your next employer because then you're no longer a career mobile person. You're more a flight risk 
So I would caution, I would advise caution uh, in terms of moving. Leave for the right reasons. Join the company for the for the right reasons as well. So you have to have a plan. Yeah, I mean, recently employers have said that you know they have actually become more open to hiring people who stay at jobs for maybe <laughs> two or three years only, right? Because they are shown to be more adaptable, and they mm-hmm. also come with a wealth of experience because they've worked at so many different companies at different jobs as well. But mm-hmm. of course, many of them still want to retain their employees, right? Especially your star employees. Yeah. Your parting advice for employees in this job market who want to retain their employees? Treat your employees right, I guess. Okay, uh, listen to them. Uh, it's not always about the money. But sometimes it's, it's, it's uh, about things like uh, wanting to have a hybrid, uh, more, more flexible work arrangement, a hybrid work, uh, work from home type uh, arrangement. Or, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's about training and development. Maybe it's sometimes about, about having a career discussion about the long-term uh, plans for the individual in your organization. Uh, listen to the employees, uh, have a grown-up adult discussion with them and see how you can actually uh, contribute to them and as, even as they contribute to you. So I think it's all about listening and paying attention. Mm, Grown-up adult discussions. That's my <laughs> takeaway from this. Thank you very much for that, Adrian. Adrian Chu, CEO and founder of Career Agility International. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.